0: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of FinTech Fridays. Uh, I'm joined today by my good buddy Scott Grove. Scott, how's it going, man? Caught you with a sip. That's
1: a loaded question in the mortgage business right now. You know that,
0: man. I know that uh, this is going to be one of those uh, one of those talks that's going to be real, right? I'm looking yeah. looking forward to it. Not not necessarily, you know, getting into the gloom and doom of the business because everyone's living that, but what i'm excited to talk about is is your consolidated coaching platform and how you're really leaning in uh in a market like this with you know with practical real advice for for your coaching clients and i guess for everybody else that's not a coaching client you're going to get a little 20 minute freebie here <laughs> yeah so let's yeah. hey, so- Let's let's start with just a little background. I, you know, I know a, a lot of folks know who you are, but for those that don't, just give us a little bit of a, you know, backdrop. How long you've been in the business and and kind of what qualifies you to, to to coach uh coach other originators.
1: Sure, man. Uh left high school in 97, joined the army, got out of the army, fell into banking at Washington Mutual. Uh, rode that wave all the way up, working inside of Washington Mutual, doing first mortgages, second mortgages, have the same Batman origin story as everybody. Went broke in 2008. Should have yep. declared bankruptcy, but I didn't. So instead, I just you know ruminated for a couple of years, like a million dollars in debt and uh, really found that lead generation and building the relationships with the realtors coming out of 2008 was the only way I was going to be able to stay in the mortgage business, which is the only thing I really knew. So From like 2009 to 2014, doubled business every year. Um, Capped out right underneath $100 million in 2014. And then (laughs) got a little distracted by starting a company um, for coaching loan officers. That was just, you know, it was a mastermind call like this. We were using Zoom before anybody knew what Zoom (laughs) was. And uh, we would do a little nationwide mastermind call that led to writing a book. That led to a paid coaching program. And now eight years later, I'm the in-house coach for a company called Synergy One, which I'm really proud of. And then I coach about 100 loan officers outside of Synergy One. So still doing the mortgage business. You know, This year, I will not be a $100 million producer. I don't know how many of those there's going to be. Probably be around a $40 or $45 million producer, but while also running the coaching business and writing a book. And then I do a podcast for fun, which is not work safe. Um and yeah, <laughs> the whole thing is pretty wild, man. Like it's been... It's been a really cool ride doing loans for 23 years. There's been some ups and some downs and right now we're just in one of those market cycles where it's a down. It just is what it is.
0: Yeah, and we're going to we're going to get into that in a minute cuz I, you know, I happen to believe that these are the these are the cycles that that create the next superstar, the next batch of superstars and you can either, you know, you you make choices every day and you can choose Absolutely. to choose to complain and cry about it or you can you can choose to go out and win but before we do that i want to just kind of dive a little bit into how you and i first got connected you 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 mentioned you're the in-house coach at synergy one that's how we got connected uh i think folks by now by now understand that synergy one has the the finfit app which is powered by finlocker and has been a great partner of ours steve and i go decades back um yeah we're we're kind of some of the couple of the old guys in the business i think he's older than me though by the way. And, uh, I was, uh, uh, had the pleasure and honor to be invited by you and Steve to a one of the in-house coaching events that you, uh, hosted in Las Vegas, uh, earlier this year, I believe it was. And, uh, that was that believe it or not, I've been, I've been in and around mortgage for 35 years. That was my first ever coaching event ever. Never did a mastermind. Just so I didn't know what to expect. And it was pretty, it was pretty darn cool. I mean, you not only did you have it like super dialed in and organized, but just the level of energy that, that you kind of convey from the stage. And then I could see it kind of reverberating back to you from the audience was, was pretty spectacular. And then this, this wasn't like, I kind of thought, Oh, coaching, this is going to be all rah, rah in your face. This was like practical uh, planning and goal setting. And, you know, workshopping throughout the the, the two days, so I, I got a different perspective on on what co- coaching is, and I think you bring a really holistic approach to it. So, just wanted to to share that because that was pretty cool for me to to kind of be involved with that.
1: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, that the standard coaching event, or I wouldn't even call it coaching. I would say the standard mortgage industry event is you know, 17 keynotes, one after another, after <laughs> another, after another, trying to sell you something. Right. Yeah. And, um, I've studied under a couple of people who pioneered this idea called appreciative inquiry, where it's like the knowledge is in the room, right? Like I'm yeah. smart, you're smart. Barry Habib is smart. Todd Duncan is smart. Tom Ferry is smart. All these coaches are really intelligent and they have a lot to offer. And the reality is the cumulative knowledge of the 100 or 200 or 500 people who are in the room, their cumulative knowledge is always going to be, you know, infinitely more than what you or I can provide. So when we do those live events, we're really trying to pull the best practices out of the crowd because Travis is going to know something that Lindsay doesn't know, that Dallas doesn't know, that Debbie doesn't know, that Bill needs to hear And creating that atmosphere where we can get the best out of the room versus like no one. I'm I'm pretty entertaining, but no one wants to hear me talk (laughs) for 17 hours. And so um, I think you know that event which we did earlier this year, February of 2023. um, You know, dead center of about this 18 months of pain we're currently in, which I think is going to continue for another year or two. So it was really important to me and Steve, our president, and uh, Aaron, or sorry, Steve, our, our CEO, and and Aaron, our president it was really important to come out of that with actionable items because we can do all the raw, raw fluff in the world. But if loan officers and realtors right now don't have actionable items, like this is what you need to be doing half an hour, an hour, two hours a day, then you're just not going to make it. I mean, the the reality is we're down about 50% in transactions, not to be unexpected. Right. Um, And that just means that like, 30% of the uh, uh, producers are going to go away and 30% are going to have less business and about 40% are going to do pretty well. So I just, I want the people I know to be in that 40% that
0: does pretty well. (laughs) And by the way, what you just described that breakdown, that's like a normal market. Let's just, let's be honest, right? Right. We, we, we were, this is my, my own personal opinion and I don't work for a publicly traded company anymore. So I can have my opinion and, have it here. The, uh, the reality of it is, is we were ready. The industry needed this and it was ready. It was on the doorstep of doing this. And then the pandemic hit and the industry got a major bailout. And instead of losing 30% of originators at that point, we probably picked up another 25% that jumped on again. And now we're just kind of, now we're getting to something that needed to happen before. It's a little bit more painful now because it's, happening not just naturally, but it's happening with a massive spike in interest rates. But uh, it, it's been overdue for, for a long time. And uh, I think those, you described that 40%, those 40% were going to be survivors and winners regardless of the market, right? And I think that's, that's the difference between people that you're talking to every day and you're coaching that are investing in themselves because they're the winners. They're, they're going to win no matter what. Just going to be the degree of how how much they're winning,
1: and you know, for the first time ever in eight years of owning Consolidated Coaching, um, I'm turning away prospective coaching clients because what I don't want to have happen is you know me come in at as the coach with five minutes left in the football game and you're down by twenty one points. Right. You know, there's only there's only so much I can do. So instead of creating bad will as some of these people are going to matriculate out of the industry anyway, I have to be for the first time a little guarded on who I let into the coaching because like I'm an intellectual philanthropist. I want to help everybody. I want to do these kind of podcasts and give away all of our coaching gold for free. Um, But I also know the tough love is like 30 to 40% of loan officers you know, starting about a year ago, and we've probably already filtered through some of that. They're just not going to make it, and right. and that's not that's not to speak poorly about them. Maybe they weren't you know with the right company to win, or they weren't in the right you know kind of arc of their career to win, or they didn't have coaching previously, which is when they needed it. So this isn't like a, I'm not making a judgment call about these right. loan officers that aren't going to make it, but a lot of them need to go sell solar or find a middle management job. Or become, you know, the world's best co-captain for a financial planner who already has an established book of business. Because um, there's some quality loan officers who I know personally that just aren't going to make it. They don't have the database. They don't have the book of business. And uh, it is what it is. They should just exit yeah. more quickly so that the rest of us can kind of get back to business as normal.
0: That's right. Right on. So so let's go into let's talk a little bit about the market. I, I'm you know it's a it, the podcast is called FinTech Fridays, but right. I've uh, I've been veering off that topic because it's there's things that are as important as understanding what's going on in cool tech. But you know, right. this is and this is one of those things. And I've, I've been trying to get more insights on the market and what folks like yourself are kind of seeing. You know, you talk to hundreds of loan officers every week, so you're getting the pulse from the street. You're in, you're on the street yourself. Um, what what are the things that you're kind of hearing and seeing from the market perspective? But then what are those things that loan officers are doing right now? Knowing, knowing what their actions are right the second isn't going to result in a deal tomorrow. In right. other words, they're, they're planting seeds today that are going to yield fruit tomorrow, next year, the year after.
1: Yeah. Um, well, love it or hate it, uh, I've done most of my business for most of my career in Los Angeles, California, which because the transaction volume is so high because it's a mass urban population, And it's a transient community because people come in and out of the city so much for the entertainment industry and the prices are very high. So you can make a lot of money per deal. Uh, Love it or not. And sorry, loan officers, I'm just going to say it. Los Angeles has been a trendsetter in a lot of industries, but even in the mortgage space for decades, right? So it's like, I think myself and some buddies, we were like the first loan officers 12 years ago to figure out that we could put Yelp reviews on Yelp. (laughs) for us as loan officers. And now everybody in the country has reviews on Yelp or social survey or Zillow or whatever. So it's like LA is a trendsetter in the sense that like what happens there eventually filters across the rest of the country. And so a lot of the headaches that loan officers are dealing with now, quite frankly, I've been dealing with since 2009, you know, 20 offers per property, low inventory, super long sales cycle. So a lot of the headache that I would complain about for the last decade, and, you know, some regional manager in North Carolina would be like, I don't understand what the problem is, Scott. Why can't you just do more deals with the same realtor? You know, we we meet a client on Thursday. We pre approve them on Friday. They go see some houses. They're <laughs> under contract on Monday. It's like, yeah, that's not my world. My world is like meet them, try to finesse them, try to keep the other 13 loan officers that paid for a trigger lead out of their yeah. inbox. And then I finally get them pre-approved. It takes them six months to write their first offer. They've got to write 19 offers before they get an accepted offer. And then five other lenders call them on trigger leads because they know the loan is so big. Like all of this stuff I've been dealing with for over a decade, which I think is why our coaching has become particularly relevant to clients in other geographical areas where these loan officers are like, oh my God, this is this is what you've been dealing with? I'm like, yeah, this is what I've been dealing with for 15 years. And so um, I think a lot of that is kind of just filtering through the country as rates are higher, inventory is lower you know, 70% of the nation is locked into their house forever because they have an interest rate under 4%. So, you know, everybody else is feeling my pain. Welcome, welcome to my world for the last (laughs) 15 years. It's why my hair is going so thin, right? Uh, (laughs) and, And so, you know, I think that's the reality of the market. And then, you know, where I'm seeing the loan officers win, they understand two concepts. One, there's a difference between lead generation and brand awareness. And two, They're either motivated enough or young enough, or they're an old dog who's willing to learn new tricks is there's this real merging of, uh, old school tactics and new school technology. Right. So it's like, let me address the first one first. Uh, brand awareness is awesome. I put up an Instagram reel every day that says something about mortgage. I post something about mortgage every day, but that's not putting deals in my pocket. What happens is you have to do the lead generation along with the brand awareness where when somebody interacts with one of my social media posts, I DM them and I'm like, hey, Brian, thanks for liking my post on firing your landlord. You know, if you or anybody know knows looking to buy, sell or refinance a house, I'd love to be here as a, you know, first point of contact or just a resource for information. So, you know, a lot of people are hiding behind email marketing and social media marketing. And they're doing what is effectively brand awareness, but then they're not, they're not getting deals in the pipeline because they're not doing the lead generation. So the people that understand that and are doing both, they're winning. And then the people who understand the, you know, old school sales technique, get out for the coffees, meet the realtors, talk to the clients. You know, if, if your first couple questions out of your mouth with a client isn't, Hey, how long have you been looking for a house? And why are you calling me today? If those aren't your first couple of questions, you're missing like the sales relationship building opportunity. So you've got to take that with something like FinFit, which is obviously your company that we white label at Synergy One. You got to merge those together so that when I don't have time in my day to call 172 pre-approved clients, which we currently have. We currently have a pipeline of 172 clients in some stage of uh, pre-approval for about $90 million of pre-approvals. And in a normalized market, for me, about 10% of that would be turning over every month into closed deals, right? So like based on my pre-approval pipeline and my lead flow, I should be closing about $9 million a month. I should be a $100 million producer. Yeah. I am I'm feel lucky to close two and a half or 3 million this this year per month. So yeah. it's like, we've got to work three times as hard for a third of the deals. And there's just not enough hours in the day to strategically keep in touch with all of them. So we've got to merge the old school sales acumen with the new school technology just to have a fighting chance of yeah. keeping the client around for nine months. So when they finally start to make offers in nine months or finally get an offer accepted, they remember who the heck Scott Groves is. So, you know, the people that are winning, they're doing that. They're doing the, Brand awareness plus lead generation, and they're merging the old school with the new school, and those are the people that are still, you know, quite frankly, if if twenty year old Scott met forty four year old Scott, and I was like, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm only going to make twenty five thousand dollars this month because I only funded two and a half million. I would kick my own ass. Like that's an amazing living. For 99% of the country, 99% of the time, we just got really spoiled in 2020 and 2021. So yeah. I hope that answered your question, but I, I went on a little was, bit of a
0: rant there. No, I loved it. It was it, it covered all kinds of different aspects we, in, it, in addition to perspective. Perspective is so important to have because if your perspective is centered on 21, 2021 and 2022, and that's the only perspective you're going to measure yourself by, you're never you're never going to win. <laughs> it's it's just it's impossible. So I love the the uh the concept of merging old school tactics with kind of new school technology, right? How do you like what's your thoughts on how social media starts to play a role in that new school technology specifically for kind of the the older cohort of originators, the old dogs that have been doing it for a while like myself.
1: Right? Yeah, I think um, I think what happens is a lot of people don't really have a plan when they think about new school. And, and this can be for a 21 year old or a 61 year old. So, you know, when you're going to, s- to social media, you kind of have to like pick your vibe. Right. So a lot of the stuff I put out there is educational. And I don't know if that's great for virality Or for engagement or whatnot, because education is education, right? It's like it's like, hey, did you know you can get a VA loan with zero down? If you're a veteran, let's talk. You know, that's not exactly a clip that's gonna go viral, but it's informational that like when I find out, oh, this guy I do jujitsu with was in the Air Force, let me send him this reel. I sent this actually happened, my buddy Jared. I sent him this reel. I'm like, hey man, I didn't even know you served um when you're when the time is ready. Like and you're gonna get a home, did you know you can do a VA loan with zero down? He's like, oh, funny story. I just started talking to a gal. I had used my VA1 my, my VA loan once before. I don't understand this entitlement thing. You want to come shoot uh, archery with us on Sunday morning. I've got a group of veterans who I get together with and we we fire off a few shots every every Sunday morning, archery. so I go out there. We do this cool archery thing. Turns out I'm pretty good with a bow and arrow. Uh, it's <laughs> a bunch of veterans. And now I've got, you know, five potential leads of people that want to buy. So it's not, you know, unless you're really special, the technology is not going to put the deal in your pocket. Right. The, the technology is going to be a wedge to get into the conversation, right? Because yeah. you and I, we're not going to beat rocket mortgages 250 million dollar a year advertising budget like we're good but we're not that good so i one understanding that and then going back to my thought of having a plan are you going to be the educator are you going to be the the storyteller are you going to be switzerland neutral right down the middle and like never share personal information about yourself or your politics or your kids that's all fine but you kind of have to have a plan my plan is i'm going to educator and i'm going to be a hundred percent authentically me and if you don't like it cool then we're just not in the same tribe yeah. um but i do see people go back and forth where they're like i'll use the corporate thing oh i'll be a little bit more edgy oh i'll show my kids oh i'll tell a good story and it's like there's no through line in right. what you're doing with technology like pick something and like just just
0: lean into whatever you pick that's actually super that's really good advice because i i see that i can tell who's or who's Just trying to figure it out because they're, it's almost like the theme of the week, right? Right. They're, they're all over the place. And I'm interested because I'm just learning. I'm I'm trying to learn as much from as many originators as possible. Right. Uh, But the average consumer, depending on where their heads at, is going to be like, whoa, you had me last week. If you'd have just stayed on that, I'd, I'd been all over this, but you, you went over here and that's just not about me. And it's to me, it's no different than, Take social media out of it, and, and if we're just interacting with agents, you're building the same type of relationship. If you if you're oil and water with a, an agent based on your politics or your whatever whatever whatever, it's 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 no different than it, in how it would look on social. So you, I like that that you're you're who you are, whether you're in front of an agent in person getting a coffee or they're seeing you on Instagram or TikTok.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if the next time you and I saw each other at an event. I was in a three-piece suit with cufflinks and a big yeah. or not you would be confused. You would be like, oh, what's, yeah. wrong? what's wrong, Scott? Did you just come from a funeral? Is this a joke? Is this like a shtick? Because like, right. I'm just not the three-piece suit guy, right? It's like, I'm jeans and a t-shirt. It's the first thing I say when somebody tells me they want me to do a keynote. I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure I can show up in shorts and a t-shirt. If not, I'm not your guy. And they're right. like, oh, that's a weird speaker request, but whatever. And yeah. so- you know, in person, online, it's all got to be the same stuff. And then, you know, what I love about the platform that you guys have is is this little like almost subconscious tick that shows up in the client's inbox with just enough of a value add that they're going to interact with it. They're not going to market as spam. They're going to see it. And then maybe they'll see my name. And maybe only once every three months, they'll actually, you know, um, click it open, which they do every month. And also see my name, right? Like there's just, there's all these little things. So between the social media, between the email drip campaign, between the app that you manage, that's like world-class there, there's gotta be all these different little ways that you're subconsciously touching them. um, And then you've got to go in for the sale, right? And for some reason we had figured this out with print marketing 40 years ago, where it was like, you're better off picking a housing track and mailing 500 houses. 10 times than mailing 5,000 houses once. Like that's just right. law of like people getting to know you or I don't know what the law is, but getting to know you and like maybe on the seventh postcard, they won't throw it away. We figured right. this out years ago in print marketing, but for some reason, people think in social media marketing, it's like, no, I need a, I need a TikTok video that goes viral and gets a million views. It's like, no, that's no. not what you need. You need 20 people to watch every single one of your videos.
0: That's Right. That's I love that, and I'm going to bounce this off you because I was talking to somebody last week, and we were talking about content. What's the what's the secret sauce to creating content? And everybody talks about consistency. I happen to subscribe to consistency, whatever that is. Be consistent, and I think it's consistency on timing and thematical. You know, be be within the range of what what your audience expects. But the other was around how much original content is needed. In other words, do you have to have a fresh, new idea, uh, video post every day, every week? And the, and the advice was not necessarily. You could say the same thing differently because you don't know who's looking at you on Monday versus Wednesday versus Friday. Totally.
1: I'll give you an example. I, I put up a lot of content, probably four or five pieces of content a day. A lot of it is recycled, you know, uh, on my coaching program every morning on the lead generation call, I have found a slightly different way every single day for eight years to say, make your calls, like yeah. do the activity, right? So it's like, how how much different can that talking point be? But people need that in their life because a lot of times adults, we don't need to learn what's new. We just need to be reminded of what's true. And so yeah. people a lot of times sign up for coaching to be reminded of the stuff that they already know, Right. And um, so when it comes to the content, I have currently right now on Facebook, a bunch of reels, 872 views, 1.4 million views, 12 million views, or sorry, 1,200 views. So 800, 1.4 million, 1,200. And I'm looking at that and they're produced by the same editor, same background. I look the same. The guest looks the same. The message is is very similar and you just never know what's going to yeah. like catch virality. Now the funny thing is, I'm not getting any loan applications from that 1.4 million in views. Right. But now what Facebook is doing is they're showing more of my content to more of the people in my sphere. So, greater chance my realtors are going to see some of that mortgage content that I post, right? Yeah. So it's all just a game and, you know, my thought when people are like, "Well, how many times a day can I should I post?" I'm like, "As many as you can." Yeah. With, with, you know, without running out of ideas because right. you never know what's going to kind of catch fire and just repurpose stuff from last week, last month, last year. Um, we've got a bunch of old coaching sessions from like seven years ago. We're running through a filter right now to see oh, if I we can little interesting clips. Cause like that, that content's already out there. Why not use yeah. it?
0: It's, it's, and it's such a, it's great advice. It's practical advice. I've, I'm learning it. And on the fly, as I kind of try to figure out this, this LinkedIn, uh, you know the strategy uh, so last last thing, if people want to understand more about your your coaching uh platform how what's the best way for them to to kind of figure out if it's for them
1: yeah, so uh first of all, if you can handle how I just talked over the last twenty minutes, <laughs> we might be a fit in all That's- the social medias instagram facebook uh LinkedIn everything I'm Scott l. As in loser or lover, depending on whether you love me or hate me. Um, Scott L Groves, G R O V E S, or consolidatedcoaching.com. Um, people can get in touch with me. And frankly, like I'm an intellectual philanthropist, I can't help but help people. So even if you don't think you can sign up for coaching or you can't afford it right now or you need a free copy of my book or something, get in touch. I'll help you out. Just mention that you're you know you caught us on Brian's podcast, and I'll send you something for free because I just. I want to see people survive and thrive in the mortgage industry because I barely made it through high school. And this business has been so good to me and my family that I want to see other people thrive. And if they're not going to, then just get out sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. I love it. That's a, that's actually a great way for us to enter into the weekend, man. I appreciate you spending some time with me. I appreciate everything you're doing. I'm, I'm learning from you every day and and on your content. Um, and I love the partnership we have with, with yourself and the, and the team at Synergy One. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Come back next Friday and we'll do this again.